everybody, to the very first in-person edition. The fully vaccinated edition. Of the OA News Overtime. I'm Jordan Hill. we got Justin Lee. Justin. We're here. We're back in person. In person. Live. We're doing it live. I don't know if we're exactly doing it live. <laughs> no, we're not. But we are here to talk Auburn University sports. Justin, uh, just what's it been like for you this week? Uh, things you've been working on and... And getting through another week, another busy week of spring Dude, practice. Union line is busy. We got, but uh, yeah, spring practice is closing up Thursday tomorrow. So we're recording on Wednesday tomorrow. Uh, we've got Unique Thompson going in the draft probably. We'll talk about that a little bit. And then uh, uh, equestrians uh, on the road at the national championship. On top of baseball, softball, and everything else. Everything, everything's going on, Jordan. I know it's been a busy week, and you know, with us not only doing AU sports, we also got high school sports, baseball, softball. They're getting into sort of the nitty gritty. Uh, but let's start with AU football. I know that's the big topic. When we're talking now, we're just a few days away from A Day. Still a lot moving moving along, a lot of things changing, and a lot of moving pieces. And I want to start with one of the big, literally, moving pieces hey with AU football. JJ Pagis is moving from tight end. The rising sophomore is going to defensive tackle. Justin, initial thoughts on Pagese moving positions and, and what he might be able to bring to the defensive line. Dude, I don't know, man. I mean, that was the story of the day, right? Um, or the story of the week. Uh, it, you know, obviously, it you say, well, it makes sense because he's, he's really big. Uh, everyone kind of talks about the, the big, uh, you know, maybe the idea, the fun red zone touchdown plays that he could have done. I think about those blocks, man. Some of those those pull blocks, I don't know what you call them, pull around blocks where you, you, you grab a defensive end that the, the tackle left out. Um, I mean, that, those were highlight real plays, and that wasn't just a practice. Like, you know, I remember one at Ole Miss last year. Um, you know, he could spring some runners. So I'll be interested to see how much, you know, where maybe he'll play a little bit more offense. Maybe he'll still have a few packages. But, again, I mean, you know, uh, it was – I tweeted it, though. It's like – when Brian Harson comes in, it's like, we want old school football. The fans are like, we want to focus on the lines. And it's like, we want to focus on the lines. And then, not like this. That's what I was talking about. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, we'll see. Uh, obviously, he's extremely talented. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see how he can do uh, there. But, yeah, I mean, you, not every day you see a, a position move. I think, I think it was Auburn Ellis on Twitter. It was like, uh, I, it hurts when we lose a, a commit or a recruit. We lose a transfer, but I, I've never had this kind of mixed feelings transferring to the, the defense. Yeah, the thing that I think a lot of fans had sort of the same thought that I did, I, you know, I put up a poll just on Twitter, a very scientific poll. There you go. That uh, just asked what fans thought, and for the most part, the sentiment was, we want to wait and see what it looks like. But for me, seeing that decision, I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think we all were kind of getting the hint that this might be coming, because when we talked to Brian Harson after one of the Saturday practices, I brought up J.J. Pagese because I think a few days before that, he had laid out to Cody McLean, and I was trying to kind of talk more about what he could bring to the tight end position, and... Coach Harson sort of volunteered, well, he can help us in all three phases. (laughs) And when you say, well, tight end can help in all three phases. And even before that, Mike Bobo, the new offensive coordinator, when he was sort of describing J.J., he was like, you know, that sort of short burst athleticism, you usually see that for a defensive lineman. You don't see that as much at a tight end. You know, you see a guy that you go, hey, he could play tight end, but it's because he's actually playing defensive line. I like the decision. You know, the decision might not have been one we saw in the first place had Jeremiah Wright not gotten hurt. But you see the depth really being an issue. And there are some other guys that, you know, like a Marquise Burks that could have stepped up there and played there. 
But I think the combination of losing Jeremiah Wright and knowing that J.J. has that sort of athleticism, why not try it? I mean, that's the thing. You go through spring, and this could continue into the summer, and they may decide, you know what? This doesn't have to be permanent. You know, why don't we move him somewhere else? Um, so I like the decision. There's really no risk. Uh, you can see if he if he works there, and they've got other talented tight ends, uh, Tyler Fromm, Brandon Frazier, uh, some of those guys, Luke Dill as well. Um, so I don't think there's much risk in trying him there, and he may wind up being a, a very productive guy. And we got a chance to talk to JJ on Monday, and he brought up the fact that you know this could help him get to the NFL, and I think that makes a lot of sense. That's a good point. I think that makes yeah. a lot of sense from his standpoint. Yeah. All right, Jordan. If you could move someone on Auburn football to a different position, who would you move? The, what What would you do? I've got my answer. Go ahead and give yours. All right. All right. I would. So, obviously, he's a great quarterback. He's the quarterback. Bo's the quarterback. Get over it. But if Bo had to, like, move to receiver, he'd be a strong receiver, I think. Like, he'd be, you know, like, a, like as a, a, you know, as a, as a slot guy. Like, dude, he's, he's, he's shifty, man. Like, he doesn't get enough credit for his athleticism. I bet he could kind of show off his athleticism a little bit if he had to move. You know what I mean? I'm thinking of some, some high school guys who, you know, play, play quarterback and had to, had to play a little receiver. I bet he could, dude. I bet he could for if me, he had to. For me, the storyline one is Kalen Newton. Let's move him back to quarterback. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine what the a... amount of stories? I think besides that, I think I'd like to see, like, Owen Papo carry the ball. I feel like he could be a hard runner. I, you know, he's not going to be a Tank Bigsby, but like dude. him or Zacoby, I think they'd be fun to watch on offense because they they're just going to lower their shoulder. Man. Dude, he he'd run somebody over. I'm playing with a baseball. I should play with the football. This yeah. is our beautiful set this is, uh, this made by Intern Thomas. Intern Thomas, shout out Thomas Lester uh. with the win. <laughs> Uh, All right, we'll say, Jordan. Yeah, well, we'll go on and, and stay with A-Day. we got oh, yeah. A-Day coming up on Saturday. Uh, Justin, you'll be there. Yep. I want to point out, I'm going to be at a wedding. Jordan. And I want to point out, though, that I'm going to the wedding of an Auburn fan. It's an Auburn fan who, look, he, he to be fair, they were supposed to get married last year. And sure. Then the, and then the pandemic happened. Sure. But an Auburn fan wound up scheduled on the only weekend Bro. that mattered. Bro. But so I'll be at the wedding. Justin will be at A-Day. What are the things you want to look at? What do you want to take away from this A-Day game? What do you want to see that you think Auburn fans, if they see this, kind of can have a collective sigh of relief going into the summer? Going back to Bo Nix, who does Bo Nix look to? Who is he throwing it to first? You know what I mean? Who is his eye naturally drawn to when he's throwing? Obviously, we're not going to get that many plays, that many relevant passing plays, that many progression, you know, passing plays. Uh, but I mean, that's I mean, you can only glean what you can glean from from you know an eight day game. But in that small sample size, you know, what are we going to learn about the wide receivers? Can we learn anything about the wide receivers? That, I mean, that's the thing for me is the wide receivers. I think I've thought about it before. It's just like you know, like D line and stuff. We're all very interested, but you know, the, those wide receivers they only have so many targets, like only a little bit. So you got to prove yourself now. You know, because you only got so much time now, and you only got so much time in the fall. So prove yourself now, right? Yeah, I mean, we hit on the fact that Kobe Hudson, who's a rising sophomore, is the most experienced receiver. So that's a lot to kind of get figured out. And you know, we had a chance to talk to Javarius Johnson, uh, who's really impressed. Probably been the guy that's impressed the most this spring as far as the receivers. And he talked a little bit about building that relationship with Bo, and that's something we talked about right. on a past episode. That's right. going to be important. Right. We're going to be the guys he's throwing to on third and eight, third and nine. Right, because it was Seth, and Seth is gone. Seth has, <laughs> Seth has moved on, and they've lost the other two top receivers in Anthony Schwartz and Eli Stoke. They've got to get those guys figured out. So I think right. receiver is 
definitely a, a spot they need to get figured out. Besides that, for me, I look at defensive line kind of along the same lines we've just been talking about. They're still kind of plugging and playing guys. And I was really interested a few weeks ago when we talked to Nick Eason, the defensive line coach. He said, you know, that we've moved guys around on the first team. We don't want anybody getting complacent. Also, we want to see different combinations. Who sure. works better where and, and with who around them. So I'll be interested to see what that sort of looks like. And then the other part for me is the secondary. And I think it's because it's an area of, uh, you know, a lot of surplus talent. Bountiful talent. Bountiful talent. Mm, but yes. where, where do you put it? You know, who, right. do you, who do you right. put where? Right. So we've seen them move some guys around. Nehemiah Pritchett, I think, has been working at Nickelback, if right. I'm remembering correctly. They've got guys. they just got to figure out where to plug and put them. Um, so I'll be interested to see what that looks like at A-Day and, and how that all kind of leads to the summer and, and what we're able to do. Bountiful talent. What's up? What's what's next for Uh Looking ahead, uh, going from AU football to AU basketball, AU men's basketball, a big pickup earlier this week. Moving to basketball. Moving to basketball. Five-star forward. <laughs> you uh, have five, to use our props. Yes, five-star center Walker Kessler is Dude. going from North Carolina to Auburn. Uh, what were your initial thoughts when you saw that, and what do you think he'll be able to bring to the men's basketball team? Something we, I mean, like, really? Like, we haven't really talked about it in this way, but, you know, no. okay. uh, uh, I mean, it's something that we haven't seen in Auburn basketball before. You know what I mean? Like, he's a different player than I think has ever come through here, and I mean, obviously, it's kind of, it's got, we kinda, it, it hasn't really settled in yet, you know what I mean? Like, maybe once he signs, we can kind of go into these comparisons and things, but he's a center that is different uh, from anybody, and I mean, we're talking about, I mean, you're talking about a McDonald's All-American, and so what, Auburn has five all-time, and Bruce has signed three of them in the last two years. The lion's share, the tiger's share. There you go. Of both, of, 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 of McDonald's All-Americans in the last two years. Uh, Jabari, Sharif, and now him. Um, that's crazy. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's like, it's almost like we don't want to, you don't want to blow up the hype, because, you know, he had a freshman year at UNC where he played behind some bigger guys, and he, you know, it's not like he was, a, he was all American, you know, in college, but he's a McDonald's all American in high school, and I mean, we're gonna see what he can do. Um, but yeah, that's, I think it's pretty huge. And I think you know the conversation about him and the hype about him is only kind of starting because you know when we when we kind of you know put our glasses on and look at it here in a little bit, you know, in the summer and the, and, and before the season starts. I think we're going to, you know, kind of just think about how he is a different kind of player that Auburn has ever had, which is, uh, you know, I'm crazy. Yeah, I'll be interested. You know, he had limited action, but the minutes that he played in North Carolina, he was really productive right. and had a good bit of steals for a guy that's 7'1". Yeah. That's probably the thing that impressed me. Most of his highlights are, like, half-court <laughs> pick sixes. And the thing that I have really been drawn to, kind of reading about him and learning more about him, you just kind of see how Bruce Pearl has remade this roster. I mean, I'll be honest and say going into this offseason, I expected them to probably add a couple transfers. But, you know, pulling in guys like Walker Kessler and then Wendell Green from Eastern Kentucky, right. I mean, they've really done, I think, a pretty good job of sort of rebuilding, restocking. Oh, for sure. And, and you look at a guy like Kessler, obviously his best basketball is in front of mm -hmm. him. Uh, and from what I've read, I think that Auburn was in the mix when he was coming out of high school, Woodward Academy there in Atlanta. So now he gets a chance to come play at Auburn. And i got to say, look, I went to Georgia, so this is also kind of a loss for, for Georgia because yeah, yeah. he's a Georgia legacy. His, yeah, yeah. his dad played at Georgia. His uncle was a really good player at Georgia. His older brother played at Georgia. 
He's going to yeah. Auburn instead. So I'm sure that, that that's a little cherry on top yeah. for, for Auburn fans that, you know, uh, but I think he's going to be a really productive player. I'm really interested to see, you know, we're still waiting to see him if like a JT Thor winds up coming back. Right. But what this lineup's going to look like, Bro. man, because, uh, you know, there's so much talent. And, and we were sort of talking about this off camera and before we started recording the podcast. Yeah. It's just going to be a matter of figuring out the minutes and, and figuring right. out the lineups that work out the best. But there's plenty of talent. Right, right. I mean, the roster's pretty set right now. You can win some games with the roster they have right now, right? You know what I mean? Even if you don't add anybody. So, But they're apparently still out there trying to add people, so that's <laughs> we'll the, see what happens. That's the thing. I mean, you know, we're, we're, JT Thor still has time to figure out if he's going to stay in the draft. But right. as it stands right now, Auburn has about two scholarships that they can still use and, and fill right. out. So it's, uh, one, so it's one if Thor comes back. To if Thor leaves. Correct. So you've got talent. I mean, I've had right. people asking, got a guy, another North Carolina guy, Garrison Brooks, is a forward. Is that somebody, he played at Auburn High for anyone who doesn't know about Garrison. Really talented player, right. and he's a veteran guy. Right. Could that be somebody that's in the mix? Yeah, I mean, oh man, that'd be fun, but, uh, you know, it just depends on, I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of, you know what's weird is that, like, so you, you kind of want somebody, you kind of want, like, a grad transfer, because you kind of want to turn this roster over, because you're signing McDonald's All-Americans. So it's like, you know, you don't need to come here and hang out for too long, right? But, but at the same time, no grad transfer wants to come and sit on the bench. And that includes Garrison, so uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of interested. And in, uh, I was honesty. Scott Grayson's brother left UAB, and I was like, that'd be fun. Get, get honesty and her brother both at Auburn. But again, that's another grad transfer who we don't know their situation. We don't know if they might not want to, you know, come to a roster that is already has nine really good players and a coach who openly says he wants to play nine players in a rotation so <laughs> we'll see we'll see how it goes it's hard to we, i don't think any of us really know the the inner machinations of uh <laughs> who else they're trying to bring in well, uh, nobody knows nobody and it doesn't matter who you ask nobody knows so we'll see well we'll go on because inner machinations that's too big of a word for me i can't <laughs> i can't stay i can't hang in a conversation like that well, let's talk a little auburn equestrian you know it's sort of we don't have a horse prop i know that's the sad thing you thomas know, yeah no, can we get like a horse on a broom a horse head on a broomstick that, that, okay. that's for episode the next episode no, 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 no. we got a poster we got a poster. poster okay they're getting ready for ncea basically the national meet right uh, i think it's pretty safe to say auburn's seen as one of the favorites uh, just fill us in on on what Auburn Equestrian has been able to do this year and how they can maybe cap this thing off. Right. I mean, they're still number one. They're still the best. Uh, and the thing is, what's interesting about them, and it's one of the things that I kind of talked about with gymnastics, you know, before before their season. Let's show us a picture of a horse. So now we're in the mood. Uh, so, uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Thomas, get the shot. Come on. All right. I'll hold this. Equestrian is a sport. No, I'm not going to hold this. No, what's what's crazy is that so they're the you know they're the number one team. They were the you know uncrowned national champions last year, and then so of all the people for the pandemic to hurt, that's who it's got to hurt the most. I mean, among the most is some you know uh, someone who had a really good shot to win it all and to win a ring and didn't get to do it last last spring, uh, and so. That's 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 the, all the motivation you need. That's all the storybook you could have, right? Is that you're number one, you didn't get to win last year, so you, you go back and you try to do it now. And the other storyline for me is, um, you know, every year maybe you're going to nationals for the first time, and you go, oh, we got a whole bunch of freshmen who've never been before. Now you got a whole bunch of sophomores, freshmen and sophomores who have never experienced it. So in that way, and and the rules change too. It switches from five riders to four. 
So there is an actual difference, not just the pressure, which is also an actual difference. You know what I mean. There's yeah, a tangible yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah. That's among the intangible. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see how they do. Uh, but yeah, that, that starts Thursday. And uh, but yeah, I think that's that's a storybook as it could get, right? You know, that's finally after after uh, the pandemic last year canceled everything, they can they can finally compete. Can, can, can we say if there are people who doubt uh, Auburn in question, would you call those like haysayers? I mean, like, what, would, what, would, what would you call those guys? Dad, no, they be they could be naysayers. Nay, yeah, there you go, there you go. Nay, okay. Before Carry we get, before we go to the baseball and softball diamond, I want to go back to basketball. This could be a big week for one of Auburn women's basketball's most talented players, and and one of the. The players that helped rewrite the history book. Unique Thompson's getting ready for the WNBA draft. Justin, I know you had a chance uh, to talk to her a little bit leading up to this. What was sort of your takeaway from what she's getting ready for and, and what she's going to be bringing to the WNBA? My main thing was I asked her at the very end. I was like, are you ready to move to the big city? Because <laughs> I wasn't the first person to ask her. She said, uh, I talked to her earlier this week. There's a story online. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because all these teams, you know, L.A., Las Vegas, New York. I mean, come on. She's from Theodore, which is the tiny town in Alabama. And yeah, let's, uh, let's put some respect on the Lee County <laughs> metropolitan area. Yeah, okay. yeah, sure. Yeah, all right. They call it the loveliest village. Uh, <laughs> the loveliest metropolitan area on the plains. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but uh, so, yeah, but she's, she's preparing. Um, she's been told. And everyone, every mock, she's going to get drafted. And she's been told to expect it. You know, it would be a, a shock if she didn't. Um, the problem is, in the WNBA, there's only 12 teams. There's too much talent to go around. And getting drafted is one thing, and making a roster is another. Uh, but for her, getting drafted is a dream come true. She's excited for it. Uh, they're going to watch it. They're going to they're going to have a draft party at Auburn at the football recruiting room. They're going to open it up for her. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, she's basically just – She's just been, basically been uh, preparing. She's been preparing with uh, Coach Fred, who's on the old staff under uh, uh, Terry Williams, Terry Williams Flournoy. Coach Flo, he's much easier to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but she had done it all. She played in the WNBA for seven years, so she's got somebody that's guided her. I asked her if she had talked to Dewana yet, and she said no, but but she was going to reach out. But obviously, Dewana, uh, the Connecticut Sun, posted a tweet that she was overseas, you know, somewhere getting third place, and you know, <laughs> for and that's the other thing. And and unique also. I asked her, hey, do you plan on, on, you know, a lot of these women's players play WNBA part of the year and overseas part of the year? And uh, she, she wants to pursue that ultimately too, but obviously right now she's just focused on the draft and the WNBA. So that's where she's at, and the uh, draft is Thursday at 6 o'clock. So we'll see, where, we'll see where she gets picked up. No doubt. And I think uh, Auburn fans will be interested, and I think that Unique is set to, uh, to do really big things. I'm excited as someone who's seen her, you know, what she's been able to accomplish at Auburn. It'll be fun to, to see how that kind of works out for her. Um, going on to uh, starting with Auburn baseball, coming up with a big series. Uh, yep, pick up the baseball there, Justin. Uh, getting ready to play Alabama. Auburn baseball still trying to sort of figure things out. Uh, they're coming off of a, a tough sweep, uh, getting swept, I should say, against number four Mississippi State. Gave up 32 runs in three games. I mean, that, that sort of explains the situation for Auburn baseball right now. The pitching has been a, a real issue. A, kind of a disappointment in the second game of the series, Jack Owen, who has been battling, uh, had a finger injury to start the year and was limited, wound up pitching in game two against Mississippi State. Only threw 3.2 innings, gave up nine hits, 
six earned runs. Six stats. I mean, go. I know. Oh man. But it, it's been such a disappointing start to the baseball season for Auburn. You know, there was a lot of right. high expectations. Again, the SEC is very tough when it comes to college baseball. Um, but they're playing from behind right now. They only have one conference win, and it was against Arkansas. Right. And, and again, that was a good Arkansas team, but there was an Arkansas team that booted the ball around a little bit in that game and nearly came back. Um, so this is a big series on the road against Alabama. But, uh, Justin, what are your thoughts? How big is it to go play an Alabama team who right now might be playing their best baseball? They uh, swept Texas A&M last week yeah. and, and got another in-week uh, in victory uh, against Sanford. Right. Um, how important will it be for Auburn to, to go to Tuscaloosa and come out with at least a win or two? Well, I keep trying to remember that most of the conference schedule is still ahead of them. They haven't hit the halfway point yet, right? And all the ranked teams are behind them. I mean, they played – so three of their first four series are, like, top four teams. I mean, you know, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Um, those are some killers. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's no wonder their record is the way it is. The trick is, you know, you would, rather, you would almost – if you if you had okay you have a half hard schedule and a half easy schedule you might want the easy schedule first so that the hard schedule doesn't break you and then you're broken for the whole second half for lack of a better term so uh, we'll see how the, they've got to you know find their mental resiliency uh, to to make sure that they don't get you know caught up in all these losses but hey man they got to win at Georgia Tech. Uh, I was there the last time. Man, that was a... <laughs> and hey, this time too. It was Stephen Williams, Williams yeah. with another home run. You want, just... a, you want an impression of me deleting my story uh, that night when he hit a, a what, two walk out? Off, right? two, uh, two out, bottom of the ninth, walk off, three run home run to win in the regionals. And I'm over here, I've got my like close but no cigar story all written and delete it. Lightning bolt. It was crazy. What a night, though. That was crazy. And, yeah. that, and that set up for the road to Omaha. It did. That was it. That was the first win, I think, on the road to Omaha. I kind of want to... They might have beat Coastal Carolina. Something like that. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I want to sort of make an analogy like you talked about the fact that Auburn baseball has played so many tough teams. I think about it almost like high school football when you see non-region games. You see mm. a lot of the teams that consider themselves in the running to win championships. They're going to play the top teams, whether they're outside of the state, you know, oh, sure. local. I think that that could still be a benefit for Auburn, the fact that they have played some of the SEC's best teams already, but they got to take advantage of it. And it starts this weekend against Alabama. You have to win this series. I don't think it's a must-win in the fact that if you lose it, all hope is lost. But from a momentum standpoint, right. if you look at Alabama's hitting, their batters in all the different – uh, statistical categories are, are either in the middle or near the bottom of the SEC. Right. So I think it would be really big if, if Auburn is able to, to go to Tuscaloosa, at least win two games, and, and kind of get a little momentum, which is what Butch Thompson talked about on Wednesday, to try to ride a little momentum off that Georgia Tech win and see if it can string together some more wins and get them moving up. Because he even pointed to Alabama. They started 2-7 and seven in the SEC, then they sweep Texas A&M, and all of a sudden they're kind of climbing up. Well, let's see if Auburn can do the same thing. Of course it's Alabama, right? Has to be. Has to be. <laughs> Has, to be. <laughs> Has to be. Yeah, we'll see, man. Uh, but, yeah, that's a 
pretty pivotal road series, I'd say. But, uh, you know, what a way to start your turnaround if you're going to have one. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's storybook if you're able to do it that way. We're all about storybooks here on the Oatings Overtime. You, you, have, you are completely right, my friend. <laughs> uh, let's go to Auburn Softball. Uh, all right, let's do that. They got a... Uh, do, yeah, we do I have can't a, reach. We have an Auburn High oh, Softball. Oh, there we go. So, so that's pretty fitting. Okay. Uh, Auburn... University softball yeah. uh, got a big series win on the road against Texas A&M, three and a three to one victory, I should say, over the Aggies. Uh, wound up following that against Alabama State with a 5-0 win on Tuesday. They actually played Georgia State on Wednesday, so that'll be after we have recorded this. When I go to that last win against Texas A&M, three and uh, three to one win. Shelby Lowe, uh, Shelby Lowe. is now ten and three. Uh, she gave up a run in the bottom of the first of that Texas A&M, Texas A&M game mm-hmm. and didn't give up another run the rest of the game. So uh, definitely a, a big win and a big series win against Texas A&M. Justin, what are your thoughts on how the softball team's coming together and, and where they're sort of stacking up, coming off of a big series win in the SEC? There's kind of that parallel, right, with, with baseball. But, you know, you gotta you got to turn it around and, and get things turned around. But, I mean, I keep remembering with them, right, is that they've got the equalizer, and that's the pitching. They've got Maddie, and they've got Shelby. They can get to the postseason and throw those two, and they got a shot, right? They got to get the bats going. That's their task for the next month and a half or whatever until regionals, right? You've got to get those bats going. But also, this is where you may benefit from being in such a stacked league. Is that you know you can probably have a losing SEC record and still get into the regionals. Um, you know you're, you're going to get you know fair well enough. You can you can punch a ticket, get into the regionals, and then just try to go as far as you can. And then what I'm saying, once you get there and you can throw Maddie and Shelby against those people, they're going to give you a chance. Uh, but it's all about getting those bats going. So like, it, I'm almost so with baseball. I'm like watching the records and stuff. The softball, I'm hardly. Even, I'm not even watching the records. I'm like, man, y'all just gotta. You know, you're watching. How can they get those bats going in time uh, for postseason? Obviously, they have to pick up some wins to, to get there. But it's all about the bats for me right now. And I think that it'll be another big test for Auburn softball. They play at home. So I mean, if you're hearing this and want to see the softball team, then it's a pretty good series to. Not only go watch from the entertainment perspective, but also because it'll probably be a good test of where the softball team is. Uh, they're playing at home against number 12, Kentucky. So once again, yep. I mean, we talk about baseball and softball, and it's pretty much interchangeable when you talk about talent, not only in the conference, but where that stacks up against the entire country. Right. Uh, so to play a team against, uh, play a team at home like Kentucky, you'll probably learn a lot about this team and, and sort of uh, their trajectory in, in, as we get further along, uh, getting closer and closer to the end of the regular season. Right. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. It <laughs> seems like a good way to close that out. There's uh, no doubt. Uh, want to switch back as we kind of wrap up this episode and talk a little more about A-Day because, you know, it's very exciting for a lot of people because it's a new era. This is a lot of different, spot. A lot of different uh, things going on. Uh, but more often than not, don't get a whole lot out of a spring game, and that's across the board. That's not just Auburn. You know, sure. This is essentially a glorified practice, sure. a glorified excuse to, to go to the football stadium, maybe hang out with some friends and, and watch the team get a practice in. Justin, what is the most meaningful thing you've ever taken from any spring game anywhere, the thing that comes to mind and the, the most meaningful thing that you've drawn from a spring game? It's hard. I think about, like, remember the high school jamborees? Like, I don't even think they do them anymore. They do Some people do them sometimes. Sometimes. But, yeah, sometimes those are fun. Uh, but I don't know. I just think about uh, Marshawn Lynch 
uh, putting the helmet back on for Cal that time. That was ridiculous and scoring a touchdown. That's the thing about uh, spring games. You can do whatever you want. Like, like, I remember when Michael Dyer transferred to Arkansas State to be with uh, Gus. Like, he played in the spring game. He wasn't going to be eligible for another year. I don't know if it ever even happened. But he could play in the spring game. You can do whatever you want. So, like, I mean, you know, whatever. Get Dylan Cardwell out there. I don't care. That, that, would, be, <laughs> that would be quite like, the way to have, have a good time, man. Yeah. Do might, whatever you want. Might as well. I mean, he, he might be able to help on the defensive yeah. line. Yeah. Dude, stretch? Baba Tunde? Tight end? Uh, why not? Got to replace JJ. Man. I, I think that's the way you do it. <laughs> For me, know. the two things I think about with spring games, I'll start when I was still in Columbus and, and came to an Auburn spring game. There was a receiver who just went off, and I was right. convinced this guy is going to be something special. This right. guy is ready to, to contribute in a big way, and that was Nate Craig Myers, right. who has since gone on to Colorado State and is now in, I think, like he's now his, Gus. I think he's working on his doctorate. Yeah, maybe. He must be. He's been, he's, hey, been, man. he's been in college for a while, but he's now at UCF. Yeah, uh, bro. And, and to be fair, I think he's been banged up a little over the, sure. over the time. So, sure. So maybe that's what's limited him from being the breakout guy I thought he would be. Right. Who, right. To his credit, is still playing college football. Yeah. I think he might be working on his doctorate at this point. But <laughs> yeah, right. now he, he's down in UCF. Uh, didn't quite have the Auburn career that I thought sure. out of that spring game. Hey, man. You ended up in Orlando. <laughs> it could be there. worse. It's, it could be what's worse. What's the weather there? Thomas, intern Thomas, look up the weather in Orlando, please. It's, All right, go ahead. It's sunny and it's still It's sunny It's still probably going to be sunny in 75. And then the other thing I think about uh, that Auburn fans will probably get a kick out of, no Sean Moreno at Georgia. He redshirted as a freshman, and back then you couldn't play at all if you were redshirted. Right. And he comes into the spring game and looks like the next Herschel Walker, and everybody's like, whoa, what is it? And this is a guy who's from New Jersey. You know, he wasn't right. someone, you know, that people who followed recruiting then really knew a ton about. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was like, wow, who is this guy? And that was the beginning of seeing that Georgia had kind of wasted the year of Sean Moreno. Right. He winds up only playing two years and leaves as a redshirt sophomore. Yeah. So that was sort of like kind of a bitter taste in, in Georgia fans' mouths because I was like, whoa, where did this guy come from? It and, is 84 degrees and sunny in Orlando right now. And hey, Gu- man. And Gus smells on his smile. Hey, With a low of 66. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so Georgia kind of wasted a year of Yeah, that happened with Greg Robinson at Auburn. Uh, people were pretty mad at Gene Chizik about that, like leaving as a redshirt sophomore. Like, well, how did you redshirt this person who was a top? He was top five pick. Yeah, yeah. Went anyway. to the Rams and, and yeah. did all that good stuff. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, you know, far few and far between is there a ton to get from A. Sure. Basically, you're looking for someone not to get hurt. I right. mean, that's basically the for biggest sure. thing. For sure. And, but we'll, we'll we'll definitely take plenty out of what happens. And uh, and hey. I'll leave it to Justin, but I'll give a shout-out to, to Clayton and Ashley. That's where I'm going to be there with them on Saturday. <laughs> there so, we go. The Auburn, Auburn fan Clayton uh, went up going to Georgia and, and meeting his wife. Shout-out so, to Clayton. So, so it's a pretty good little little end to the story there. So, there you go. Well, uh, I that's think it. that's it. We're so, good. Uh, Justin, uh, again, I appreciate the time. And, and for everybody that's, uh, <laughs> that's listening, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.